Welcome to the Asian Digital Supermovers interview series on Clubhouse, where we speak to experts, founders, and investors about the Asian digital economy and ecosystem every week. Monica, Mushir, and I, Pratish, invite guests for a conversation about building, scaling, and operating businesses in Asia. Follow our club on Twitter. Our handle is AD Supermovers for providing us any feedback and staying updated on interview series guests and topics joining us from uh, north america then a very warm uh, good morning to you i hope first of all that you're feeling good and thank you for making your saturday mornings more enjoyable with this lovely conversation that we're having today with simon from otter.ai but first we begin before we begin first a uh, few things to take care of specifically in terms of housekeeping introducing our guests and of course the format of the show today we are the asian digital supermovers where we talk about everything related to the asian digital economy and we have a number of shows lined up for you it's very easy to find all the elements of what we have done earlier and what we are doing now by simply clicking on the greenhouse icon at the top of your page which and then you'll be able to follow our club also do follow our socials on twitter linkedin and uh, a telegram group where we often share information both about the upcoming events as well as about us as well as about our speakers interesting news etc with also last thing our show will be divided into two parts first i will go through the list of questions with simon and then we will actually open this up for the audience members who would be keen to asking both questions as well as of course clarifying their career related doubts about product management we are more than happy to have you on stage the way to do that would be by clicking on the hand raise icon at the bottom right of your page so on the uh, bottom you would see the hand raise icon and you would see a plus icon i would request you to use both of that liberally right now we have turned hand raising off i will give you an audio cue shortly when you can turn your hand raising on and then we'll bring you in uh, to the stage where the order will that will be used is the first in first out order to ask your questions now last but not the least uh, we would hate if you use the leave quietly button please don't use it but if there is something that you need to take care of absolutely by all means and my only request will be that we will keep this like a very crisp 60 to 65 minutes so would love to have you here for the entire duration and i forgot to mention one thing which is that please use the plus button to ping in your friends to the room all your friends who are online will show up as a green colored icon next to their faces and you can ping them in here amushir pratish did i miss anything before we begin No, all good. Okay, lovely. Excited. It's all great. A lot of party hats today. So, uh, some of you have listened to Clubhouse. Feel free to raise your hands, as Monica said later on, and follow the speakers uh, for knowing more about what they do afterwards. So, I'll hand it over back to Monica to kickstart this conversation. Simon, big fan myself. I've been using Auto for a while, and really love the product. Okay Simon I think we have a very long list of people who actually completely are in off not only the product but also the fact that this probably is my biggest moment uh, because I'm using your product while we are speaking now this hasn't happened before so uh, without further ado let me introduce Simon to you Simon is a seasoned product leader with 20 plus years of experience in building innovative products at Oracle Nuance and Otter.ai that strike the right balance between technology and design with expertise in contact center customer engagement and productivity he is an alum of MIT where he has done his bachelor's and master's in engineering and he has a 5.0 average 
Simon, welcome to the room. Hey Simon, are you speaking on mute just like I was earlier? Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, Monica. Hello, everyone. My name is Simon Lau. Thank you, Monica, and everyone inviting me to this room. Happy to share some insights and also take some questions afterwards. Amazing. So, Simon, before uh, we begin and dive into uh, all the great work that you're doing in Otter.ai, it would be uh, I would love to start with your journey into product management and, of course, everything associated with a product management playbook that you seem to have followed in your career, which is about transitioning from engineering to product management. But before uh, you dive into that, I would love to also have you talk to us about your career, uh, about your studies at uh, MIT, and did you ever think you'd become a product manager? Sure. So when I finished my uh, master's degree at MIT with uh, electrical engineering and computer science, I actually started my journey as a software engineer doing coding, coding for contact center applications at Oracle. I spent about seven years in my early career to climb up the engineering ladder leading a team both in Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area, and also in India. So cross um, definitely cross-geo teams. Eventually, I realized that my passion is really into talking to the customer, understanding the customer pain point, devising a solution, and be able to drive product requirements and product strategy. So I took the leap to do a lateral shift to product management and never turn back. So that has been my journey after my first initial seven years building up my technical background and continue to grow as a product manager up till fast forwarding to today, just having a ton of fun, really loving the ability to build products that hopefully people love and, and add a ton of value to individuals and companies alike. And yeah, and now I just really want to be able to pay it forward and share knowledge to the next generation of product managers. Absolutely. And Simon, when in terms of your own transition uh, from engineering to product management, what has been something which has a main, been a mainstay for you? Because you come from a typical engineering background. When I say typical, with due respect, having acquired all the technical skills, going into a product management career, which is more focused on communication, collaboration, and of course, a lot of influencing. What did you feel you lacked when you began your career? And what is what are some of the skills that you picked up along the way? Yeah, that's a great question. So let me start by answering the opposite question. The unfair advantage of transitioning from a technical background and technical career to a product management role is the really truly understanding the underlying technology, knowing what is feasible. And then the complementary skill set that I really needed to pick up is to be able to understand the business, understand the customer more deeply. Because as an engineer, it is very easy to have a tunnel vision where you're just being very passionate about coding and how to optimize the code and really geek out on all the technology and how to write code as opposed to connecting to what are you coding for? What are you building the product for? Why does it matter? 
how does it help the user and how does it help drive revenue to the business? So those are some of the things that I had to really rapidly pick up some skills to be able to communicate to the customer. First, communicate to the cross-functional stakeholders, whether it is sales or professional services, marketing and engineering part. That part was easier because I came from engineering. So really just being able to collaborate and be that center of communication to understand on the one hand, what are the requirements from the customer side and also from the business, the cross-functional leaders. And then be able to distill that, prioritize and translate that into an actionable roadmap and plan and lead the team to execute toward that plan and be able to ship the product and release the product and then repeat, right? So the cycle repeats. Once you go through one cycle of delivering one release of a product, you continue to learn, you continue to iterate, and then you figure out what are the next steps. Absolutely. And Simon, you best describe what a typical product manager does and what the expectations are and of course, how to take to product management for those who are new to the journey or who want to understand a typical product manager uh, day. This is how it is. But of course, we'll be diving into more details around that. But a perfect segue into my next question, uh, which is when you became a PM uh, yourself by transitioning, of course, having had a technical background, did you feel that there are any strong certifications that might help you? And do you actually believe that certifications can help build product manager experience, skill set, and of course, the ability to do product management better? I would say it really depends on how you learn best. So some people learn best by going through structured course coursework, whether it's taking additional classes, getting a certificate, getting certification. Other people are just better at just actually doing the work and learning from experience. So I want to really caution that there is no run one right answer for you, for each, for everybody. So you really have to understand how do you learn best? Do you learn best by reading books? Do you learn best by listening to podcasts? Do you learn best by attending postgraduate courseware or getting certification? From a hiring manager standpoint, again, I really want to be very honest and frank, at least in the U.S. hiring marketplace. Having certification, if you have it, it's nice to include it, but it does not just, we're not going to look at the fact that you did not have experience and just have certification and bingo, you instantly get the job. There's many, there are many factors into the hiring decision. So if you think that you learn best with certification, great, do it. And then if you have done it, include it on the resume. But there's so many other, it really doesn't, it, it doesn't match the actual experience that you get from having done the work of a product manager. Simon, I'm so glad that you said this so honestly and transparently because one of the main issues or challenges that I am seeing as a leader and somebody who has been in the product management domain for some time is the sudden craze around product manager jobs. And it almost reminds me of the 1990s. And yes, that's how old I am about what happened when we were actually being in, attracted to careers in software engineering where the entire narrative was anybody can become a software engineer and anybody can do a course 
in order to learn programming the reason i say this is because there is a little bit of a danger where people don't understand product management and they look out for the sheen associated with the job title of course the ceo tag that comes with it and yes we will uh, demystify that in a short while but also about the kind of authority that comes with the job and of course the amazing salary packages that that are right now on offer because of the absolute boom in the tech economy but what people don't really understand is probably what take what it takes to be a great one and therefore these certification which are mushrooming by the day tend to scare me a little bit as i see that many parents are also forcing 20 year olds to take to product manager a uh, product management without really understanding the nuances or whether this is a long term career option or just one of those lucrative career options therefore when you say, say this i'm very heartened by the very honest peek around what uh, and uh, you you use in your hiring decisions but simon i have to ask you because currently you're working in ai and now there is also a great differentiation almost a segmentation of product management into growth pm data pm ai pm even technical pms non technical pms how do you see this uh, role segmentation and again the associated not only pressure to certify yourself but to be able to be better than the others in order to make it past the keyword search in uh, your cvs to make it to the hiring table That's a great question. One thing I would say is this: if you are someone, if you're a candidate who did not have any product management background, and you're applying for a job、uh, in a product management role that is more generic, then just focus on the generic skill set, the general skill set. If you are making the leap and say that your first PM job is specific to a technical PM or AI PM or growth PM, it is a higher bar. Because not only do you do we as hiring managers expect the experience and skill set of a product manager, but also you need to be well versed and understand that specific that that subset of skill set that that takes you further to specialize in that. For example, AI product managers. Not only do you have to be a product manager, but you really need to understand the technology behind artificial intelligence. For growth managers, you. The expectation is that you have gone through. You have you are very analytical skilled. You have done a lot of A/B testing. You understand the customer journey and all the different channels that you can engage the customer to drive the growth in terms of user acquisition, the growth in terms of conversion. If you are other types of technical BM besides AI, then whatever the industry, whatever the domain's expertise in, you need to be very well versed. And really understand the technology, even if you have not had the technical background to build using such technologies. But you really need to have a good understanding on why is that technology the best fit for the problem to deliver a product that is reliant and powered by such technologies. You're absolutely right, Simon. That is absolutely brilliant. We're almost 15 minutes into our conversation. I just wanted to give a small little reminder to the audience: if you have any questions for Simon and you wanted to come up, please hold on to your questions. We'll be opening up the hand raise option shortly. At which point in time, you can definitely come. 
also this session is being recorded so just wanted to uh, put that out there that whatever you say we are taking the consent of course Simon to record this and put it into a podcast later but please be mindful of that and last but not the least do follow the speakers do follow the club and uh, do follow each other because a lot of you are new if you like such content and you are seeing others around you who also like such content then it would be a good tribe to be able to build up now before so quick question back to you simon on this particular piece because we've talked about otter.ai so first i forgot to actually mention this again because i'm so taken aback by seeing myself being transcribed while i'm speaking like literally it is happening in front of my eyes i feel like a child but this is like magic so for anybody who is in the audience and if you are on twitter please go to simon's profile or go to my profile and you will be able to see a link about otter.ai and the transcribing of this particular session which is happening in real time and if you don't know then the clubhouse town hall that happens on at 9:30 p.m. india time every week is transcribed and we all get to read all the main takeaways on based on this and also club deck which is another tool that uses clubhouse that is used by clubhouse moderators and of course content creators also uses otter.ai which is extremely accurate so simon can you tell us a little bit about otter.ai and the magic that it is <laughs> always happy to talk about otter so otter.ai is an application that gives you the superpower of remembering more and typing less and it's great for transcribing your meetings, interviews, lectures, virtual conferences, and now even clubhouse rooms. So that way you have a live transcript that you can share with your colleagues and share with your audience and everybody can collaboratively highlight the key moments. Let's say there's anything that you hear that is very valuable that you want to easily search and listen back again later. You can easily tap on the highlight button so you can collect them. And when you are done with the recording, you click on 10 highlights and you can listen back to just those portions. So let's say a 60 minute meeting typically turns into a digest of 10 highlights of only five to 10 minutes. And you can share it with your colleagues, you can comment, you can assign action items and so on and so forth. Even for my product management tasks, I oftentimes it's becomes a standard that every single meetings that we conduct within otter.ai, we use it. Even when I first met Monica and have an initial meet and greet Zoom meeting, we used it and we find it so valuable. I can capture all the, all the questions from Monica and all, all the logistics and we can both refer back to it. So it's super useful, not only for your internal meetings, but also for your external networking talk. Maybe you're talking to, you're doing user research and you're talking to your potential customers. So super valuable tool for a product manager or even for a scrum leader, product engineering, um, manager everyone so i really encourage you to give it a try it's an application that you can download for ios android and also work on as a web application on a web browser if you are interested go create a new account a free account um, at otter.ai that's o-t-t-e-r.ai that is most wonderful simon and like i said i'm smiling right now because i feel like like i've hit upon some magic it's 
truly enticing and i must admit that it took me probably the least amount of effort that it normally takes to do my research and to remember all the the conversation and my notes this time around while speaking to you because we had the transcription so all i needed to do was go to the relevant parts actually export this and again that's a very useful option and then be, and i was all set so i i don't know i'm absolute i absolutely love otter.ai and i hope i'll use it a lot more but before people start thinking that i'm paid to say this i'm going to go and the reason i'm bringing this up is because it's a great segue into my next segment which is actually about what we are speaking about today which is productivity hacks so simon you mentioned about transcribing meetings etc but before we go down that route i would love if you would to tell us what a typical day in your life is as a pm given that you have such a distributed team and you're working across time zones and of course there are so many other product and strategy decisions as well as managing that you do on a daily basis could you help us understand this a little better sure monica so as a product manager i think it depends on your whether you're a, a starting product manager or senior product manager or director or leadership in product management the the day-to-day work shifts as you uh, continue to climb up the product management leader i would say as a beginning or senior product manager most of your time is focusing on really writing up product requirements understanding the whether talking to customers or really understanding what what are the key requirements and translating that into something that's actionable building up product roadmap for the respective whether it's a component of the product that you own or a set of products that you as you continue to rise up to director level you would own a larger and larger piece of a product so writing requirements communicating them to engineering team driving the execution driving the delivery those are going to be majority of your tasks as you be, um, build up a team and you have product managers reporting to you then it becomes a little bit more strategic you would talk to key accounts key customers key prospects you would help out in some of these initial sales discussions sometimes you might be invited to sales calls to provide some credibility to the roadmap and really listen firsthand to the what are some pain points or some needs of your key customers so you would spend more time having cross functional meetings whereas with the sales team or the customer support team or the if you have a professional services department you have the ps organization you work with them and listen to their requirements in terms of what are some things that the product needs to be made more um, flexible so that the ps team can customize when they implement your product and and deliver it to specific customers and also people product managers wear many hats you also need to work with product marketing to have the go to market messaging review press releases think about how to get the word out when you launch a product so more and more as you continue your journey as a product leader you would find yourself being the center and the hub where of many conversations so you have to make sure that you are always prioritizing always talking always listening and always communicating effectively to your respective counterparts 
absolutely so i mean i'm just going to come to my next question but uh, a little bit of an announcement we've turned on hand raising so if you have any questions for simon please do raise your hands now we'll be bringing you up in the order in which we are seeing these hand raises and once you are on the stage you will be please do speak and ask your question to simon but simon one question now when you use auto.ai at work every day have you been able to plug in a certain sinking hole of where your time and productivity goes and how has that experience been because the entire team i presume is uh, eating their own dog food and working on the product at the same time please tell us and walk us through an experience that you might have had currently at the company i would say there are two things that order at a ton of value to our internal productivity as a product leader i find myself not having enough time to be able to attend to all the meetings i'm often double booked triple booked on a given hour is simply not possible so i have to prioritize my time to make sure that for the most important meetings that i can add value i can attend in person but otherwise for other meetings that i don't really need to be in then i can just send in an order assistant to record it for me and i can review back and my teammates can also highlight the important moments so that when i go back and review the order conversation i only need need to listen to the 5 to 10 minute summary of the highlights from of my team members so it's like an fyi so that really fills that void so i'm i'm able to be in three places at once <laughs> so to speak another key point that key gap that it fills is it really reduces the possibility of miscommunication sometimes people leave the meeting with different understanding of what was committed so with an order recording and transcript it really minimizes that misunderstanding because word for word is recorded and transcribed and people can refer back to what was committed what are the key next steps what were the decision so we don't have to rely on people taking notes and maybe potentially missing something so that during the meeting you can really just focus on the conversations rather than focusing on taking notes it sounds like you have a corner office and you have an executive assistant tell me that at least one of them is true because you do have an assistant auto.ai yes all of us have an order assistant so <laughs> it's everybody is equal we don't <laughs> there's no corner office we're all working from home at this point and we just want to empower everybody to be able to do the job to the best extent so i think we have all found order to be super useful so it's not just because we want to dog food our own product absolutely at least one of my aspirational goals will now be met where i can say i have an assistant and that is auto.ai wonderful we have a lot of uh, people on stage who are who want to ask you a question but before we uh, let them do that a quick little reset of the room because i see that a lot of new people are joining us so we are the asian digital super movers this is a club that has been formed by my wonderful co-founders mushir and pratish who are on the stage and myself we work on providing a voice to the asian digital economy across sectors and everything related to digital ranging from product management to growth venture funding startups the Asian tech news and even fintech, DeFi, crypto, you name it, and we talk about it on our club. The way you can get associated with our club, it's very simple. All you need to do is click on the greenhouse icon at the top of your page. 
give a, give the club a follow do look out for calendar notifications and events that get scheduled almost i think about starting of the week and we normally have rooms at least four to five times a week if not more the way to look out for information from us is to follow us on our socials we are ad super movers which is a for app asian d for digital super movers at twitter and linkedin and we also have a telegram group where we do pass on this information and a lot of other news related items to our community in the meantime i am going to now start asking the people on stage to start asking their questions we are going to go down the ptr order which means pull to refresh so anytime you are on stage please do pull to refresh to see what what space and number you are in the queue my only request to everyone on stage is to please keep your questions short but before you ask your question do give us a few lines about yourself where you're joining us from and then proceed with your question so thank you shashwat for joining us please go ahead ask your question to simon thanks thanks monica for running a wonderful room as well i've been uh, you know coming to a lot of rooms that you are moderating it and it has been a wonderful experience so far quick question simon i think uh, we interacted uh, on twitter as well for your launch or integration with the zoom so i'm an ondek fellow from the podcasting ecosystem and i'm just curious we have been using this script as well as fireflies.ai in bunch of our interactions with our guests what advantages to otter.ai have on against these competitors and the last question is do you think that at a later point in time otter.ai might also be in the product trajectory looking into some integrations with clubhouse this particular app that you are talking and thank you thank you saswad yes i remember you thank you so much for the question as i alluded to earlier currently otter.ai is mostly focusing on the meetings use cases podcast in one way you can think of it it's like a meeting but it's uh, the workflow is a little bit different it's a content creation so majority of our use cases are more focused on meetings meeting notes collaboration having said that as for the other products that you mentioned we can't consider it as an indirect competitor because we're not really focusing on the podcast use cases the differentiation of otter is this at the very core regardless of what you use otter for our transcription engine is built in house we're not relying on any third party transcription engines as a result we're able to fine tune for the use cases of multi multi person conversations which includes meetings interviews lectures and podcasts as well and we are able to achieve the level of accuracy that is world leading accuracy for all we're currently only supporting english but we're able to handle a variety of accents so people from any countries order is able to provide the leading accuracy for for the transcription also we're able to automatically distinguish speakers so after you have order has finished transcribing it will automatically separate the speakers and also learn their voices over time so let's say if you are a podcaster it would absolutely recognize you and your co-hosts all the time and any new guests that you add all you have to do is just label tag the paragraphs with these new guest speakers voices and order would learn and tag the rest so accuracy speaker identification those are a couple of key differentiations also order supports custom vocabulary so let's say if you're a podcaster that focuses on uh fintech or focuses on ai or product management or whatever 
domain. And if there are specific terms and acronyms and jargon that most other services are not able to recognize accurately, Otter would just learn instantly the moment that you cut and paste a comma-separated list of terms, words, or phrases. So that will further boost the accuracy. So you have to do less work to correct them before you share it as a podcast show notes. So those are just some of the few things that are key differentiation for your specific use case. Thank you. Thank you, Sashpat. Uh, hi, Kunjan. Welcome to the stage. Please ask your question. Yeah, hi Monica, I'm the same. I had a quick question. I'm coming, and before that, I'll just introduce myself. I'm coming from India, and I've been working as a designer of like multiple products, and now like moving into the product management role and uh, managing products through and through. So I had a question regarding the basic starting of Otter. Not DI, like when you guys launched, like before that, like what kind of test did you run? And when you are launching a new feature on the app itself, what all tests do you go through? Like the processes that you go through, like, can you please give me a brief about that? Hi, Kanjan. Thank you for the question. Honestly, <laughs> as a rewind back three, four, four years ago when we, when we launched Otter for the first time, we're a very small team. So we do the usual functional testing, accuracy testing, just making sure everything works and just get it out to the market and, and continue. But as the product matures and then we have, we build up a user base, we certainly are more formalized. So we have, take for example, the most recent launch of a major feature called Otter Assistant for Zoom. We've gone through, even before we start implementation, we have done some design work that we take it through uh, usability testing and make sure we get some early validation before we spend time to finalize the design and pass it to engineering. And once the engineering team has already built something that we can deploy to our production environment, then we invite a set of users that we know that are using Zoom frequently. Then we invite a set of beta testers and have gone through beta testing with them to gather really valuable feedback, both in terms of the usability and also go through the onboarding flow and listen to any concerns about both in terms of the features capability, but also privacy. So we've learned a ton and we instantly fix things that we can fix before we launch in general availability. We prioritize the remaining requirements into subsequent iterations. And also with done scalability testing to make sure that we allocate enough server power to handle peak usage so that everybody would have a great experience rather than having some of the auto assistant not being able to join this Zoom meeting. So those are just some of the few things. I would say it really depends on the type of product that you host. Sometimes you also want to do data checks if you are building products that's really rely on the accuracy of the underlying data or if you have you're building an e-commerce website and have transactions. So Data testing is really important as well. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Gunjan, for your question. Hi, Paritosh. Welcome to Clubhouse and welcome to the stage. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and then proceed to ask your question. Sure. Hi, Monica. Hi, uh, so yeah, this is my first session in the Clubhouse. So. 
seemed like a good conversation so i am a machine learning engineer i'm uh, working from the last 3 4 years implementing ml models so i had a question regarding the the model that uh, simon said so you're saying that it's an in house model so i want to understand is is there a benefit of using api such as the nlp models built by open ai like the gpt3 or or bird or do you think there is a there's not specific advantage on doing that instead of putting research into your own in house model Uh, that's the first question and second is that uh, for, a, for a person like me who's been <clears throat> into the development sorry yeah so you're talking about the ai ai pm scene uh, before how how much of a techno- technological knowledge should a person have before moving into a more product management kind of a role and how could one prepare for that Hi, Partus. May I uh, get a little bit more context behind both of your questions? So, first of all, are you are you a startup founder, entrepreneur trying to uh, build a product and trying to decide whether or not to build versus leverage existing APIs? Yeah, I'm not a founder, but yeah, I'm looking into building a product and I'm thinking of using either a, a pre-trained model or building it on on in-house. Yeah, I would suggest that in the early stages before you figure out really flesh out whether building your own model will give you the competitive advantage, I would encourage you to just start small and start simple and leverage existing APIs first just so that you get a proof of concept, you get something to validate. So that's one less thing for you to worry about. So I'm not too familiar in terms of where you are in terms of figuring out the type of product you're trying to build and whether building your own AI really give you that competitive advantage and building your own AI in terms of just the speech yeah. recognition piece because there's many there are many other things that you can spend your AI engineering time cycle on assuming that you can use an API that give you a certain level of accuracy and that's good enough and then and you can go on top to do whatever other analysis that you're trying to do for your concept And then in terms of second question are you more what is your background are you an engineer or what have you done yeah, before so it's not much in your profile so I don't know engineer with a stats degree and um looking to so I'm I'm working on implementation of models uh, right now but I'm looking into getting into the product scene so that like it's to build something from from the existing model great so first of all I think it's fantastic that it sounds that like you are you have the entrepreneur entrepreneur real spirit and you want to build something and whether you are the founder or not if you are part of a a, a small team starting up your uh, part of a very small early stage startup whether you're engineer or what not you're probably going to wear many hats so i encourage you to pick up and learn the skill sets of what is needed to not only do the engineering work wear the product manager hat as well so i encourage you to enrich yourself and be able to potentially transition to that role if yes, you are startup to continue to grow if that's the path that you want to take but this is a good opportunity for you to really learn and see what is needed in your startup and what skill sets that you can cover okay and feel free to dm me feel free to reach out to me if you have even more specific questions happy to provide you some guidance mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'll reach out to you. Thanks. Hi, Devin. Please uh, ask your question to Simon. And before you do that, Devin, I just remembered for everybody else who's in the audience, we've turned hand raising off because we've had a number of speaker uh, requests already to come up onto the stage. We'll be opening it up 
shortly afterwards after my second segment so please do hold on to your question we'll definitely pull you up go ahead devin hi monica uh, always amazing to be a part of your room hi simon i'm devin speaking from india i work at deloitte as a senior consultant and i really like the idea of the product so i immediately while you're speaking just downloaded it and was checking how it works out and the tutorial uh, i went to the tutorial and it was really interesting how it works especially while we are in war rooms or intense brainstorm sessions it is so easy to just miss a line i just wanted to ask are there any security concerns for big mnc's to use this because i have not come across this product yet and i was wanting to reach out to my it team and see if i can push my team to use this on an official setup so i just wanted to ask that yeah every all of the so first of all order is hosted in aws and all of your conversations are encrypted in transit and also data at rest and so it follows all the highest security standards so if you want more information and want to connect your IT department to feel free to look through all the terms of services and also privacy policy on our website and yes so absolutely in terms of the privacy policy in a nutshell we do not sell your data to any third parties everything that we do is in terms of processing within your own order account to derive benefit for your transcription to continue to improve the accuracy and we do not share any information unless you explicitly as an order user decide to share a recording with your colleagues or with your customers so we do provide a sharing capability within the app and that's completely within your control perfect sounds really good Simon uh, thank you so much I'll reach out to you if there's anything thank you Thank you, Devin, for your question. Hi, Vinesh. Please go ahead and welcome to Clubhouse. Thank you so much. Hi, Simon. A great session, first of all. So I'm Vinesh here from India, and I'm actually a product manager. I've been in this role for the last two years. I heard you saying that this is only available in English at this point of time. So what about the teams which are offshore? They might be speaking in some other language internally and they then uh, send us the gist of whatever happened but what if they the things would be much easier for them if there was a translate kind of a functionality so do you have something on your roadmap for that or are you working on something like that just want to know hi Vinish. Uh, good question because we are a startup that needs to be we are we're laser focused on english at this time in terms of support for other languages or support for trans translation to other languages that's something in a longer term roadmap the reason that we're able to achieve the world leading most accurate transcription is because of focus so this is not only just applicable to auto.ai but for any of you that are working in whether working in a startup or working in a team and as a product leader as a product manager focus is very important there's always going to be a lot of requests from your customers you want to be very uh, clear about what are the key objectives so that you can do something really well you carve out a niche for your product uh, for your target segment of users and really dominate and be able to deliver an exceptional experience so focus is very important but to answer your question yes it is in our longer term roadmap and thank you okay thank you 
Thank you so much, Vinesh, for your question. Now, before we move ahead, a quick room reset as we move towards the last segment. Today, we have Simon from Otter.ai who's been answering questions about PM careers and, of course, productivity hacks that he uses in his everyday life at Otter.ai. We've spoken to him about his journey into product management and, of course, what skills it takes to excel in this field. We are going to be to, uh, opening up hand raising shortly, so do keep a uh, tight with your questions and do ask us in the next couple of minutes. Simon, I think we might be going over time. So if it's okay, we'll probably continue uh, right past the hour for about 10 minutes. Is that fine? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Also, if you haven't followed the club, please do that by clicking on the greenhouse icon at the top of your page, which is Asian Digital Supermovers. We bring to you everything related to everything related to the Asian digital economy, ranging from product management, growth, fintech, crypto, DeFi, and of course, grow and of course, a lot of other topics, including some lucid conversations that we started having about trending topics and everything related to the digital arena. Also, we uh, have our socials active on Twitter, LinkedIn and our Telegram group. So if you haven't joined us already, please do that. We post about all our events as well as about our speakers who are coming up. So you'll never uh, miss uh, any updates if you follow us there. Do follow all the speakers on stage, the moderators and of course Simon so that you get into interesting rooms that they get into on Clubhouse and you're able to follow interesting content. So, Simon, next question to you. Now, what do you think about having a personal brand, developing your own communication style? From what I can see, obviously, you've had a, you are a great communicator, which is essential to being a great product manager as well. But how does building a personal brand actually help with the product management career? Let me think about this. I think whether you are a product manager or your sales manager, having great communication skills will absolutely help your career, whether you're talking to customers, talking to users, talking to internal teams, being able to communicate effectively. In terms of building a personal brand, I see that as that's, it really adds to the credibility of your own, what you stand for. It adds, it serves as part of your product brand or part of your company brand that being having a spokesperson or the product manager is going out on social media, actually engaging with customers, engaging with users, and at that personal touch. Most companies don't really focus so much on that. They hire a social media manager and handle all the tweets, handle all the social posts. Yes, in one sense, it's good that you're handling this, handling any customer requests and feedback. But to be able to see that, wow, the product manager herself or himself is actually engaging with the customer out in these social media channels, it, it really adds to the credibility that we are listening. We are, you have a direct channel to the people who are actually driving the prioritization and the strategy of the product. It makes our user community feel that you are actually you actually have an open channel of hearing feedback and input so i think that really helps you to your company brand it adds to your personal brand so that it makes you a credible thought leader in the respective domain and it really also helps you as a product manager so that you are really in tune 
with your customer base, with your user base, because you're feeling the user pain, the user asks, the user requests directly. So that's why I would, that's why I do this a lot <laughs> for myself, because I gain a lot of value and insight through engaging in social media channels. And, and it helps me crystallize how I want to write my blog posts so that I'm really producing content that's valuable. What are some things that people really trip up on? What are some tutorial and tips that people really need? And just to add to our, just to add more content that is valuable to our users. Absolutely, Simon. And we can see that already because all our tweets are being met with a lot of positive appreciation and response for what Auto.ai is doing. So while the product speaks for itself, the associated help guides and the brand that it has been able to develop with the connect to the customers is clearly showing. So that is a great answer. Um, now coming to the next question, again related to what we've been seeing over the last year specifically about upskilling because there's a need and there's a wave of uh, demand for newer technologies and of course emerging technologies that are not only going to threaten our jobs but going to open up a lot of new areas in tech. How do you feel about both upskilling as well as being able to transfer skills that we have across domains because as a product manager while of course uh, we know the discipline and what it takes to be one it's often required that we move uh, within verticals or we even move within jobs associated with a completely different field what's your take on this my take on upskilling is that you never stop learning because technology especially in the technology industry technology constantly changes there's always going to be something, some technology that's going to be developed to apply to your existing industry that's going to disrupt the existing industry. There's always going to be new services that's going to carve out a new, open up a new market. So if, so you can never stand still. You always have to be in tune with what are the technologies and application out there? What are the technology trends? and be able to follow and see what are some things that can be instantly applicable to what you do today and what are some things to keep an eye on and when it's the right time you want to start incorporating that into your roadmap. So upskilling, both in terms of reading up, following the technology trends, networking with people who are the expertise in those domains so that you, you get a get an understanding of those technology trends so that you have that breadth of knowledge and keep yourself current. I think it's super. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. But Simon, how do you actually do that? Do you Are you a proponent of reading books, listening to uh, podcasts? Uh, how do you keep yourself current and updated? I do it all. I, I would say lately I added Clubhouse to, to fill my time to make sure that I can both get the concentration of information that I need and be able to talk to and meet with people from all around the world that can speak knowledgeably about all the newest technology that I've, I probably would not have come across on my own if I were to subscribe to blogs and listen to podcasts or reading books. So. Clubhouse has really accelerated that that knowledge and also be able to make good connections at the same time. So yeah, I've been spending more and more time on Clubhouse to to add to all the other things that you 
Absolutely, Simon. I think it goes without saying that uh, learning never stops. However, it's really critical to continue to learn. And you're right about Clubhouse. If you follow all the right people and if you follow the right conversations, it's amazing how much more you can learn. Uh, and what a treasure house it is in terms of both great speakers as well as, of course, great topics. And if you are interested in knowing and learning about great topics, then do follow Simon. He goes into rooms which are talking about topical things as well as, of course, the development that he just spoke about it would be great if you heard him both speaking on the stage as well as of course listening to these topics in the audience i'm pulling up people uh, from the audience now if you have a question that you'd like to ask simon please do go ahead and raise your hands i'm going to be uh, opening this up for the next maybe one or two more minutes because we have another 10 minutes before we end the room so in the interest of time i'm going to request everyone who's come on stage to please keep their questions short but before they ask their question do uh, tell Simon a little bit about who you are where you're joining us from and then ask your question so Ashwin over to you please go ahead thank you uh, I'm Ashwin from Bangalore India in uh, financial services industry for 20 plus years and this is the first time I'm speaking on clubhouse I joined uh, three days back so my question to Simon is that I work on a third-party product but as a product manager, so I basically look after the customizations of a product. Uh, this is, uh, I don't, we don't want to get into what space it is, etc. But there are different challenges that these kind of people or we people face in terms of customizing a third party product. There are some risk constraints, there are some restrictions. And to some extent, there is some freedom on what you, you can do, what you cannot do based on the freedom provided by the product, product company. So do you want to should throw some light on what specific challenges those could be and how to handle those. Thank you. First of all, Ashwin, welcome to Clubhouse. Always great to see new faces in the Clubhouse community and jump up on stage and ask questions and contribute value. To your question, so it sounds like you are saying you're working with a third-party product, so it's a completely different company. You don't really have full control of or even influence to the roadmap of the corresponding product managers because they're not even part of the same company. So I would say be persistent, <laughs> be able to try to do, try to frame it in terms of what value would uh, an opportunity and benefit would it add to this other company to be able to open up this capability. So help them to do the research work whether it's sizing the market opportunity or articulate how many Pofu customers, the joint customers, will it bring to that other company by expanding or providing that flexibility, right? If you're only just asking this, this other company or this other product manager about, oh, I wish your product can support X, Y, and Z, but without the benefit from their angle. Good luck being hearing a receptive yes to your answer. So you'll have to do a little bit more work, right? Because at the end of the day, every company is resource and time constrained. So being able to frame your ask in terms of potential revenue or user opportunity to this other company would probably get you further in terms of getting a positive response to your question. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. 
If I may, can I ask a second question? Ashwin, I will request you to come back. Maybe hold on to your place in line. And we have a lot of people on stage and we are going running short of time. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Ashwin. Gunjan, over to you. Hey, thanks, Monica. And uh, hello, Simon and everyone else here. A bit about myself. I lead marketing for a Series B enterprise, SaaS in Bangalore. And also co-host a podcast called The Startup Operator, where we talk to VCs, founders and operators like most of us in the room here on what it takes to move the needle in startups. And yes, I think it goes without saying for any podcaster, Otter has really saved us hours in transcribing the conversations. Uh, so thanks, Simon, for such an amazing product. But a quick question I had uh, for you, Simon, that as a product manager, I'm sure that there are multiple features under the works, but for any dictation tool like Otter, the core features would include the accuracy, the availability of voice commands, or maybe let's say adding a full stop or a semicolon. And of course, the ease of use and platform integrations. Simon, I just want to hear your thoughts on what do you think would be the biggest innovations in these areas in the coming years? Hey, Ganjan. As I was alluding to earlier, we're, our core use cases are meetings, interviews, and lectures. So for those multi-party conversations, as opposed to uh, personal dictation software. So I want to make that distinction. We're focusing on these multi-person conversations. And when you have a multi-person conversations, you oftentimes you, you don't talk with dictation in mind. You don't speak the punctuations. So I want to make that distinction to, to explain why we're not focusing on the features that are geared more toward the dictation use case. So what we want to be able to do is automatically insert punctuations automatically, understand when to capitalize the terminology words, when to capitalize words, so that you can just focus on engaging on the conversation and you don't worry, you don't have to worry about taking notes. Directionally speaking, we want to add higher value in terms of being able to ultimately summarize the conversation so you don't have to manually highlight them. And it gives you more power to be able to continue your workflow so that you remember what was discussed and what are the next steps that you need to take so you don't have to go dig for it. So those are the things that we're more focusing on. Hopefully that helps. Thanks a lot, Simon. And yeah, I definitely agree. The summarizing will be a, a really strong feature. So more power to you and the team. Thank you, Gunjan. Hi, Swati. Welcome to the stage. Please ask your question. Thanks, Monica. Hi, Simon. So I'm a product manager at Oracle. My question, Simon, is that what different skill sets should an AI PM have compared to non-AI product? So is it sufficient to understand the technology jargons which engineers use along with understanding the metrics like precision and recall? Or is it necessary to be involved too deep even understanding the ML model or suggesting which model to be used? So where do you draw that line as an AI PM? That's a wonderful question, Swati. I would say that you would immerse yourself in talking to AI data engineers to understand how they build models. What are the challenges? How, what sort of data sources is required? What is the entire end-to-end -end process that data scientists and machine learning engineers require to achieve the desired output that you can incorporate it into the product. 
that way you as the product manager that manages an AI product has a sense of the scope of effort, even if you're not the person that have the experience to be able to build it yourself. So I think that's where I would draw the line, being able to understand step by step what a data engineer does. So just what what I would do is just when you either before you join a team or once you join a team, talk to each and every data engineer and and ask them what is your workflow? How long does it take for you to do this step versus that step versus that step? And pose some hypothetical questions. Suppose I need a feature that's powered by AI. What does it take to build such a thing? So that you get a better sense and of appreciation of what are the technical challenges that are, that has to be overcome in order to build such features and what sort of time frame is reasonable. Yeah, that helps, Simon. Thank you. Thanks, Swati. Hi, Pranajit. Welcome to the stage. Please ask your question. Thanks, Monica, for bringing me up. Simon, great to hear your insights. I am an AI practice head uh, with experience in products in retail, healthcare, and MLOps. My question is around product management and first around user interviews. So how did you go about selecting the appropriate users for your initial uh, user research studies or interviews and still now as you go about developing features and what second is what are the metrics that you track and your team tracks while you go about various uh, feature developments if i can ask you a question do you have existing customers even in your current role that you can tap into? We have, but I was yeah. more asking from uh, Otter's uh, perspective. How did Otter go about doing it? Oh, <laughs> how did we do it specifically? So when we initially first launched the product, it's mostly B2C. So we delivered a product and we got, we just have a tons and tons of inbound inquiries in terms of, oh, can we, this is wonderful. This is amazing accuracy. How can Otter be used in my respective company? So just being able to keep up with all the inbound inquiries, that's enough of a source. I, so we have been very blessed and very lucky in terms of just getting such a huge positive response from our initial set of customers when we launched a free product out there so that each user can imagine how they can use it for their respective industry and company and organization. And they are bringing all the use cases to us. And they are asking us, I see that Otter can do X, but I want to do Y. How can we, can, do you imagine that you can expand your roadmap to be able to address that? And then once we're able to get all these different inquiries, we classify them and put them into different buckets and, and then prioritize them and see, all right, I want to interview the educational segment. Or I want to educate, uh, interview the, these busy professionals who have tons and tons of meetings. So you segment these users and conduct the interviews accordingly in each segment. Okay, sounds good. What about even before the free product was launched? Hey, Pranajit, can I request you to please ask this question to Simon on DM on Twitter? Sure. They're running very short on time. Thank you so much. And Ashwin, may I request you to do the same thing? That way you won't have to wait on stage and you'll have your query answered as Simon is very responsive and very quick. 
Okay, let's go on to Lynn. I have a request to both you and Satya who are on the stage. Please ask your question, but keep it restricted to only one question and only about 30 seconds per question. We're really short of time right now. So would love to uh, be able to wrap up on time. Go, go ahead, Lynn. Thank you, Monica. I'll try to uh, run through quickly. Hi, Simon. So this is Lynn calling from London. I have worked eight years in financial service and consulting. So I recently decided to leave like the big four consulting to get into product manager in EdTech because I just love to work on products that make people learn better, especially for adult lifelong learning. So my quick qu one question, what would your advice be for a project that I'm getting into? So I got a chance to work with a very small startup for a 10 day basis. And uh, as you said, like they have good inbound feedback. And I just wonder how can I add the most value, like within a 10 day basis to show how I bring like a, a product from a prototype that has good inbound into something better. Thank you. Hi, Lynn. So exciting that you are transitioning into product management. So congratulations on, on being able to uh, make that step. I just want to make sure I understood your question. You're saying that your new opportunity is in at uh, educational technology? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And you already have a sufficient amount of uh, inbound inquiry so that you can do customer interviews, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've been interviewing and I got a chance to work with the company like for 10 days. I think if, if I, can, I can do well and I think there's opportunity to get in and they currently have a prototype product that has good inbound feedback and they have like demand as well. Yeah. I see. So it depends on how much information that company has already shared with you or able to share with you. I would encourage you to do some marketing analysis to see if there are similar products out there and try to form and make an informed try to build a lean canvas so look up lean canvas l-e-a-n-c-a-n-v-s lean canvas and that would be a good framework for you to think about <clears throat> all right what is the problem what is the customer problem that what you learn from or what the company has shared with you uh, what and then map it, map the initial prototype to how they're attempting to solving it. What is the um, market sizing? What is the segment? What is the target segment? What's the opportunity? What's the potential pricing? What are the key differentiations? This company that you you want to join. What are their unfair advantages? Just map out all of that so that once you get that clear, then I think you have a good framework to continue with your interview process to to add the value and see how you as a product manager would be able to take all of that input into turning into a product roadmap and have a product strategy to to take the startup to the next level so hopefully this that's really helpful thank you i'll, I'll work on the link canvas yeah thanks thanks Simon. thanks monica thank you lynn hi satya welcome to the stage last question to you please go ahead yeah. Hi, Monica. Hi, Simon. Actually, I don't have any problem or uh, any question regarding product management. I'm a common man. I have one pain point, which I mean, this club, many product managers are there. I want them to make a mental note if they could solve this. Like recently, I sent a message uh, to my line manager and uh, due to autocorrect and a spelling mistake, it turned really embarrassing. Right. For example, we have this app called Grammarly which basically reads through every text that I'm sending. 
but still when i'm sending something really embarrassing it didn't stop me so if you guys could make a mental note and develop this and when i push this send button and if there is an embarrassing thing that i am sending it should be able to warn me and stop me that whatever you meant it got auto corrected or you made a spelling mistake or you made a grammatical mistake that could be perceived as a you know really embarrassing thing by your senior or your boss so that's all i don't have any question as such thank you sathya this is such a great comment and call out so yes absolutely as advanced as we think that some of these tools ha- are whether it's grammarly or otter or any other applications that attempts to catch all the grammatical and the embarrassing mistakes I would say this, just to set the expectation, natural language understanding and grammar checking and all of that, it's not 100% and it really just isn't. If it's able to catch it, if it's able, if, if the ability to be able to warn the user means that it should have caught the mistake and corrected it or provide some corrections already. So it's the same technical challenge. So the reason why Grammarly is not able to warn you is because it wasn't able to detect that mis- that mistake to begin with. So I would say until the AI, until NLP is perfect, which won't be within the next few weeks or the next few months, or maybe even the next year, everyone, whether product managers or any type of external communications, we all have the responsibility to make sure that we get the message out right and not be overly relying on technology. It's really a combination. Technology certainly helps. It's going to shape save you a ton of time. But at the end of the day, whether you're a candidate applying for a job, you are still responsible for catching all of the grammatical mistakes on your resume, on your cover letter, on your portfolio. So that's what I'll have to say to that. But yes, thank you for the call out. Thanks, Simon. I hope uh, your AI and NLP picks up soon. Hoping for that day. Thanks, Satya. But in the meantime, you could make that an NFT and maybe make some money off it. And if you want to know more details, hey, Mushir, I wanted to pitch in for your show next. That's it. Come on. I would sometimes when we look at artificial intelligence and uh, ML, etc., we we do believe that it can be got into everything for us. But there are actually very simple tools that you can use, which I've been using for years on Google uh, and now also on Outlook, which is delay your message, sending by 30 seconds, right? And so you have an option to undo send. And that has saved me from many embarrassing messages, missing things that I was supposed to write, or I may have copy-pasted 10 messages to different people and not change the name or something like that. So I would suggest just use that as an input and all both my Outlook, Gmail, all of them have that where you can delay your messages by up to 30 seconds before it goes out. And that's actually very useful. Sometimes even saves people from embarrassing mistakes in terms of when you're very, very angry and you may send out an email to somebody on impulse and then you regret it a few seconds later. That's a perfect tool for that. Thanks, Mushir. Thank you, everyone. Now I am going to be closing very soon. But before I do that, don't go away too far because I have an extremely different show coming up, which is a room that we are going to where we are talking about actually how to build and create your own podcast. 
more importantly we are talking about how three friends actually started a very professional adventure together and have created something which has just crossed i think 100 episodes and uh, given that they are individual contributors and uh, professionals in their own field they've actually excelled in professional adventures but coming together to create something of value as well as doing this on a weekly basis as a side hustle is something that i'm exploring with them this is coming up in our new series which we are launching which is called let's talk digital so please do join us at 9 pm which is in the next 12 minutes now i wanted to also say a big thank you to everybody in the audience and especially those who came up and asked questions this is really your forum and your your stage to be able to address any questions and clarifications that anybody who comes in can do that for you in the meantime if there is something still left please do reach out to simon on dm also i'd love to uh, thank mushir and pratish who have been wonderful co-moderators and of course to all uh, the help that they are providing in the back channels but before i let simon go and formally thank him for spending so much time with us on a saturday morning for him i wanted to do a quick rapid fire with you simon i believe that it should be something that you should be ready for and that, that this format is something which is very popular in india so are you prepared and can we start i'm ready Awesome, awesome. <laughs> awesome. First thing, podcast or clubhouse? Clubhouse. Wonderful. Books or OTT? E. Both evenly split. It's hard to pick. Build in public, uh, yay or nay? Say it again. Build in public. A uh, thumbs up or a thumbs down? Build in public. You mean open source? No, a building in public and using customer feedback about for every iteration to be able to build in features that customers want, oh, which is something that you. Oh, thumbs up! Thumbs up! Awesome! Thumbs up! Like working from home or hate it? Mostly like it, but I do miss working in the office. <laughs> I think we all do. Technical PM, growth PM, or just same. simple old pm i would say not simple old just pm and be able to adapt in any situations wonderful what is your what is something that has worked to keep you sane in cross functional collaborations listening openly and patiently any blog that you read that you recommend to all uh, the people who join in order.ai can't think of one right at the moment come back to me on that awesome and what is the last emoji that you used it's either thumbs up or heart because those are the default emojis for on a lot of social social channels and i'm very lazy i just double click on a text and in, in instagram it gives you a heart or LinkedIn I think the thumbs up is the default one or the Twitter's thumbs up is the default one so yep either thumbs up or heart wonderful Simon it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the uh, show today and more importantly seeing otter.ai in pub on live while you're transcribing while I'm speaking as well as of course the many questions that came up and across a range ranging from how to start in product management to how what it takes to succeed in AI product management and uh, also the future of AI I don't think we would have covered such a breadth in such short time but kudos to you and thank you for spending the saturday morning with us I 
होप यू हैव अ वंडरफुल रेस्ट ऑफ द वीकेंड एंड प्लीज टू कीप कमिंग बैक टू एशियन डिजिटल सुपर मूवर्स आई थिंक वी विल हैव अ लॉट मोर टू टॉक अबाउट सोन बट इन द मीन टाइम वी आर फैंस ऑफ योर प्रोडक्ट फैंस ऑफ यू एंड थैंक यू अगेन फॉर कमिंग टू आर शो थैंक यू मोनिका इट्स सच अ ग्रेट प्लेजर टू मीट you and be able to speak in your room and thank you everyone in the room for the, all the great questions that you've asked thank you all and please don't go away anywhere we are closing this room now but we're going to start another room in the next 4 to 5 minutes so please do join us and simon take care have a good uh, rest of the day we are going to end the room in probably 5 to 10 seconds now thank you thanks for joining us simon bye thank you mashir thank you patish Thank you.